Good morning. Glad to see everybody out this morning. The praise team and the choir did an outstanding job this morning. It makes it a lot easier to preach when they start you out like that. Today's sermon is titled, Here We Go. Here We Go. We are roughly 37 hours away from a brand new year. And I, I love this time of year. New Year's coming up. You got the, uh, it's a fresh start. This is a lot of times when I'll take inventory of, of my life and the things in my life. And, and uh, a lot of people do that and take inventory this time of year because the year is about to come to an end and we have a whole new fresh year to begin. The first thing we think of is New Year's resolutions. Everybody thinks about the New Year's resolutions. I read this morning the top five New Year's resolutions. You know what number one was? <laughs> Lose weight. Number two was exercise. Number three was get organized. Number four was learn a new skill. And number five was spend less and save more. We all make them. And some people say, ah, we, I, don't, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I don't like New Year's resolutions. That's fine. But we all, in some way or another, make some kind of New Year's resolution. This year, I'm going to do something a little bit different than I did last year. So here we are. We're standing the last Sunday of 2018, staring over into 2019. And this verse came to mind. And it's not the key verses, but this is the first thing that came to mind when I thought about where we are this morning, collectively as a group. We're standing looking over into what God has for us in 2019. And the first thing I thought of was the children of Israel standing the threshold of the promised land. They'd come all this way. God had freed them from Egypt. He had brought them through all this. This people, they had watched the plagues in Egypt. They'd seen God's hand move in mighty ways. These are the same people that walked across dry land when, they par when the Red Sea was parted. They watched quail come in every day. They watched bread fall from heaven. They watched water come from a rock. And now here they are, standing as we are, looking over into what God has for us. And they send out spies. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember or not, but a few months ago, we as a church sent out some spies. I had a whole group of spies come out here, and they were just all ready to go, and they ran out into the community, and this is what they brought back. This is the report they brought back. There are 2,500 families within five miles of this church, 3,800 within 10 miles of this church. That's thousands and thousands of souls five and ten miles away from this church. And the report brought, they brought back was, they're out there. But it's going to get uncomfortable. But we're going to have to do some work. But we're going to have to make some sacrifices. And I talked about going out and possessing the land. God has already given us the land. Go and possess the land. We're going to send out spies again this morning because the first thing I thought of as we are here this morning Looking over into 2019 is what does 2019 hold for us? 
because the children of Israel, that was their problem. They said, God, this is definitely the land God promised us. It flows with milk and honey. The fruit there is, is unimaginable. But we got problems. So we're going to do things again a little bit different. I'm going to send out spies again this morning. But we're not going to send them out like we did last time. We're going to use time travel. Do I have any volunteers? Yeah, good. Never volunteer for time travel. We're going to do things in reverse. I'm not going to send anybody into the future. We're going to get into this time machine. We're going to go a year ahead of time, a year from today. And I'm going to grab 11 other people out of this congregation. And then I'm going to grab myself, and we're going to come back. So I'm going to bring these 12 spies up front that have already been through 2019. And let them give their report. And a few of us will say, you got this. God is in control. You, you can't imagine the things you're going to see. You can't imagine the things God has in store for us as individuals, as a church in 2019. I can't wait for you to see it. But most will give this report. It's going to be an amazing year. God has provided some amazing things, but it's going to get uncomfortable. But there's going to be some adversity. When you go up against things, and when you try to do things for God, people are going to be against it. The world is going to be against it. Organizations are going to be against it. It's going to get uncomfortable. You're going to hear harsh words. You're going to hear and experience some deaths, some sicknesses. You're going to have some sad things happen to you. Life is tough. And most of the reports will say, just sit back in your pew, wander this year, and hopefully 2020 will be better. You think that's ridiculous, but that's exactly what the children of Israel said. They wandered for 40 years in the desert. Only two of that group ever saw the promised land. The two that said, God has provided the land. Let's go get it. And that's their report. I don't know about you, church, but I am not okay with just sitting back and writing it out and seeing what 2020 has. I am excited to see what 2019 has is going to be. And if we're going to do that, if we're going to, because we're all here, we're all in the same place right now. We're looking over into the next year and what God has for us. And if we are to go, if we are to say, here we go, then there's a few things we need to consider. Key scripture this morning is Philippians chapter 3. Let me just read a couple verses out of this. This is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. And he says this, Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. I've read this verse literally a thousand times. I did not catch that till this morning. Paul said, I'm going to reach out and get it. 
And the reason I'm going to reach out and get it is because Jesus Christ has already reached out and got me. The reason I'm going to get what I'm going to get is because God has already got me. I'm going to get what I'm going to get because of who has already gotten me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, which is what we're doing this morning, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God, God's heavenly call in Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm going to go get it because I've already been gotten. And he's telling them, here we go. And to do this, there's three things I want you to consider. If we are to do this, if we are to go into this next year and claim what God has already promised us, these three things need to happen. The first is this. We need to have a game plan. You've got to have a game plan. I, a lot of times the kids or, or Lori will say, what are you preaching in the morning? So I don't know. I'm just going to wing it. That is never good. Believe me. I've had to wing it. It was not good. You've got to have a game plan. The Bible says what builder plans to build a tower and doesn't consider all the costs? Because if he doesn't, he starts building and he comes up short and he looks like a fool because he's not counted the cost. We have to have a game plan. And I'm not saying if we have a game plan that everything is going to go according to plan. We've already had a few meetings about all the things that we're going to do in 2019 as a church, all the, the events and the things that we want to see done and the things that we're going to do. And I'm not saying all these things are going to take place without a hitch. I'm not going to say that some of this stuff isn't going to get rained out, that a tornado is not going to blow through here and tear it up. I don't know. But the point of having a game plan is this is what I want to accomplish. And if something happens, I can adjust accordingly because I have a plan. We need a game plan. I remember hearing a story of uh, Barry Bryant, the coach at Alabama. And one of the games, he was ahead. His team was ahead by three points. Close to the end of the game, it was a big game. And he got his quarterback over. And he got in his face. And he said, look here. You get that ball, you run it three times, you kill the clock, and let's get out of here with a win. Barry was not about flashy. He was about winning. And he told that quarterback, he said, all right, go on. Quarterback runs, and then this quarterback was flashy. Quarterback got into the huddle, and he said, boys, coach said, we're going to run it three times, kill the clock, and win the game. He said, but I'm not going out like that. And he called a play, which was a pass play. They got in line. He snapped the ball, he went back, and he threw it. And sure enough, as it was going towards his receiver, the cornerback from the other team jumped up, caught the ball, and took off down the sideline. The guy that caught the ball, one of the fastest guys in the country, and there he went. This quarterback was flashy, but he was not an athlete. And yet that quarterback ran that guy down, tackled him on the five-yard line as time expired, and Alabama held on to win the game. The coach of the opposing team and Bear Bryant were friends. A couple days later, that coach called Bear. He said, Bear, what is this I hear about your quarterback not being an athlete? He said, I don't want to hear it because he chased down the fastest man I have on my team. Bear said, you fail to realize one thing. 
He said, your player was running for six points. My boy was running for his life. You have to have a game plan. And it starts, all of our game plans start with this. I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be a better husband, a better father, a better pastor, a better friend, a better son. I want to be better. Because I am a reflection of Jesus Christ. I may be the only reflection of Jesus that anyone ever sees. I want to be better. Oasis, as a church, our game plan is this. Evangelize and disciple. That's it. Evangelize and disciple. That is why we are here. To go out into the world and compel them to come in to bring in the lost, to see them saved. And when they're saved, then disciple them. Help them to grow. Help them to get stronger. Why? Because we send them out to evangelize. That's the game plan. So you've got to have a game plan. The next is this. You have to have goals. Our verse said, I pursue as my goal the prize of the calling of Jesus Christ. You've got to have goals. Sometimes we put more emphasis on the goals than we do on the, the end product, the reason for the goals. We uh, set goals at first of the year like, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to make an alone time with God every day. Even the, the getting in shape and the getting organized. We want to do all these things. But we need to focus not on doing those things, but why we do those things. Our goal should be, I want to have a better relationship with Jesus Christ. That is my goal. 2019, my goal is this. I want to have a better relationship with Jesus Christ in 2019 than I did in 2018. And what comes with that is this, reading my Bible more. That's not a goal in itself. That's what's going to help me reach that goal. That's what's going to help me have a better relationship because I'm listening to God. When you read your Bible, when you have a long time, that's listening to God. We talk to God a lot. We hardly ever listen. That's where reading your Bible and having that alone time and, and praying is even getting in shape. You can't work for God if you spend all your time in the hospital. Getting organized. You can't possibly do all you can for God when your life is in a mess. My goal is I want a better relationship with Jesus Christ and then use all these other things to make that relationship better. We should have, that should be our relationship goals. This world, society today has relationship goals all messed up. I, I was looking on social media the other day and I saw a picture of a dog licking his owner in the face. And at the bottom it said, hashtag relationship goals. I said, no. No, that is not okay. I want to have a better relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I do that, it carries over not only to the things I do, reading my Bible more and praying more and, and having a long time and, and taking better care of myself and getting organized, not only those things, but it carries over into the goals that I have for everything else. 
My life groups should have goals, things we want to accomplish in 2019, huge goals. Our Sunday school program, our Sunday school teachers should have goals. What do I want to accomplish with my kids through their lives in 2019? The deacons, even the deacons should have goals. <laughs> Bob just grinned back there. What we want to accomplish as a group of believers, the praise team should have goals. The pastor should have goals. Church members should have goals. All these goals come from the ultimate one of, I want a better relationship with Jesus Christ in 2019 than I did in 2018. They sang the song, it's all about you. That's when we get our eyes focused on the right goal because it's not about us. It's not about our likes and our dislikes. It's not about, I don't really care for that guy over there or that woman over there. Did you see what she was wearing this morning? Did you hear what he said this morning? It's not about that. It's about Jesus. And if we focus on that goal, you would be amazed. I, I counsel people sometimes, and, and they tell me all the things that's going on in their lives, and I say, you're having a relationship problem. And they said, I know. That's why I'm here. I said, no, you're having a relationship problem. Because if you get your eyes set on Jesus, you would be amazed at the little things, the silly things that drag us down and beat us up every day. You get your eyes focused on Jesus, you would be amazed at how none of that matters. None of it matters because it's not about us. It's about Him. Our goal should be to have a better relationship with Jesus Christ. So we have a game plan. We set goals. The third part is this, just go. Just go. Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews says this in chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a large cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let us run. We got to get a game plan. We got to have goals. But once you do that, don't, because this time of year, that's where we get caught up. We get a game plan. I'm the worst. I'm telling you, I am the absolute worst. Lord told somebody the other day, he's the king of lists, because I make, I make some, just this is what I'm going to get accomplished. It never happens. We get a game plan, and we set goals. And it may last a little while, but we focus so much on the game plan and the goals that we forget to go. I, I've, I've told this several times. I start a brand new diet every Monday. And it, it usually lasts one or two days. And then I'm, I'm ready to start another one the next Monday. January, I, start, I always start my, my good diet. And it may last a month or two. It's, it's amazing. And then that's all over with. And I think sometimes we get the game plan and the goals, and we work on those so much that we forget to, to go. We forget to run the race. And the writer of Hebrews says, run the race that is set before you. Shake off the things that so easily ensnare you and run with endurance, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What is the first thing he said there? Let go of some stuff. You can't run this race. You can't go if you're carrying so much 
baggage. Now is the absolute perfect time to shed some baggage. You got a fresh start. You got a brand new year. You're looking over into what God has promised you. Whatever it is, the Bible says so easily ensnares you. Those little things, whether it be addiction, whether it be anger, whether it be jealousy, whether it be the past, whether it be the future, whatever it is, take that stuff off. Leave it. Let it go. And run. I heard a story of a little boy. He come into his mom's kitchen and he had his hand stuck in a vase. And she, he said, Mom, my hand's stuck. And she didn't pay attention to it for a few seconds. He said, Mom, my hand is stuck. And she looked over and she saw the vase that his hand was stuck in. And it happened to be a priceless family heirloom. Been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And she got the vase and she tried every way possible to get his hand out. She buttered it. She greased it. She used cold water. She used hot water. She prayed about it. Nothing. Hand would not budge. Little boy crying in, in tears. And finally, with a tear in her own eye, she grabbed a hammer. She set that vase on the kitchen table and she busted it. When she did, she noticed the little boy's fist was clenched. She said, Johnny, what do you have in your hand? And he opened it up. It was a dirty old penny. She had to destroy something that was priceless because he was holding on to a dirty old penny. He said, what in the world does that have to do with me? What are we going to miss? What are we going to lose in 2019 that God has for us and only us that we miss, that we lose, that we destroy because we're holding on to something as worthless as anger or jealousy or fear or the past or a grudge if we don't just let it go. Lay, a thing, lay the things that so easily beset you aside and go. Not only let some stuff go, but don't back down. I am the most non-confrontational person ever. But sometimes you have to stand up and fight. Sometimes. And I, I think we do. We rear into something, and, and as soon as we come across just a little bit of adversity, we give up. I don't want that for us. I don't want that for me. My prayer this next year is as, as soon as that happens, when I'm to the point where I, I'm on my last leg, I want to be karate kidding. Don't back down. Let some stuff go. Don't back down. Finally, don't wear out. Don't wear out. And this is easy to do. And you can wear out doing the things of God if you're not careful. Now, I said don't wear out. I didn't say keep busy. I didn't say stay busy. Just simply keep moving. Keep moving. Sometimes you have to regroup. Sometimes you have to calm down and slow down and see what God has for you and what direction God's moving you in. You have to take care of some things. That's fine. But don't stop. Keep moving. Keep that positive momentum. I told you I'm, I'm the king of lists a lot of times. And I work 
at a steel mill, and I have a, a physically demanding job. I work most days, I work pretty hard. And uh, on the, the few days that I have to work, I call it half a day, I only work eight hours. I go home, and there's some things I'm thinking all day. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get off in time. I'm going to do this and this, and I, I start on my list, things I'm going to get done at the house. and been meaning to do this stuff and, and needing to do it, and, and I'm going to get all this stuff done. And I get home, and if I stay moving, I'm good. But if I ever sit down on that old couch, I'm done. I'm done. I think 2019 resolution is going to be to throw away my couch. I haven't discussed this with Lori yet. But if I keep moving, I'm all right. If I keep moving, I stay motivated to get some stuff done and to do some things. And I believe we go charging into the new year and we want to do all this for God and we want to have a better relationship with Jesus Christ and we do all these things and then we eventually get to a point where we sit down for a minute and we forget to get back up. Don't wear out. Keep moving. So you got to have a game plan. you got to have goals. And finally, you have to go. So here we stand. Last Sunday, 2018. Some 36 hours away from the new year. 2019, what God has for us. My challenge to you is this. Here we go. God has something for us in 2019. And my question to you is this, and I'll leave you with this. If I were, if we were to do this as individuals, as a group of believers, get a game plan, get organized, set some goals, to have a better relationship with Jesus Christ next year than we did this year. And go. If we all did that in 2019, what would your life report be a year from today? I bring you back one year. What does your life say? Not what do you say. What does your life say? What have I done? 2019 has it been the best year ever I, this is a running joke between me and, and Lori and the kids every year in January every year one of the first things I say on New Year's Day is this is our year this is our year and by December Lori's usually saying quit saying that stop it you know what I'm going to say Tuesday morning this is our year and I believe it more now than I ever have somebody this morning needs to pray somebody this morning needs a touch from God somebody this morning needs to leave something right here so they can run this race in 2019 We're going to give you that chance. I'm going to get the praise team and the, and the choir, if they would, to come back up. I like throwing curveballs because they none of them expected it. i just seen it in their eyes. 
And they're going to sing the song, Heart of Worship. And while they sing, you can sing along. You can praise God for what he's done in this past year, what he's doing in the next year. You can come pray. But this next few minutes is your time. Last Sunday morning of 2018. Whatever you need to take care of, now's the perfect time.